Welcome to Accelerate Your Business Growth, where we're exploring all sorts of business topics. Experts from around the world join me, your host, Diane Helbig, for a conversation where they share their expertise with all of you. Take what you need, when you need it. Featured on Inc.com, Forbes, and MSNBC's Your Business, this podcast is recognized as one of the best podcasts for small business, sales, leadership, social media, and more. When it comes to business, Accelerate Your Business Growth has got it covered. And now on with the show. My guest today is Brian Franco. Brian is the founder and managing partner of the boutique M&A advisory firm, Meritage Partners, and he's the host of the Private Capital Master Podcast. Providing nearly two decades of experience in mergers and acquisitions and business advisory, with Brian's success rate amongst the most consistent in the industry. Brian strives for excellence and fairness in deal structure and has a deeply intuitive understanding of the importance of company compatibility. Thanks so much for being here today, Brian. Diane, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for inviting me onto the show and looking forward to dive into topics and discussions that are going to be thought-provoking for your viewer and listener base. And But I am definitely happy to be here. Wonderful. Well, I'm glad to have you here. We're going to be talking about exit planning strategies. And um, I really want to start by having you give the listeners an idea of why exit planning is such a crucial aspect of, you know, for, for business owners, why they should be paying attention to it. You know, the the obvious answer is that we're we're all going to exit this world, right? And we we don't know when, we don't know how. Um, and we could share case studies of of what we've experienced with our clients. But the reality is, when we as entrepreneurs and founders, you know, build that business plan, it always amazed me that there was there was never an exit strategy planned in that business plan because. When you go into a building, you're going to find your way in, but in, in in a case you have to exit, whether because you're leaving or through an emergency, you will always notice how to get out or how to exit that building. Right. And so what we found through case studies and, and industry uh, research is that over 75% of entrepreneurs do not have an exit strategy plan for their companies. And that's a problem because... We are in the middle of the largest wealth transfer in human history. Over $10 trillion of wealth, of assets. Those assets are primarily business assets that will be transferred over the next 10 years. So you have boomers coming to an age mm-hmm. where they they are either going to, and we hear this all the time, right? They're either going to sell their companies to a third party, they're gonna sell their companies to uh, internally through an ESOP or to leaders within the organization. They're going to pass those companies down or sell those companies down to their children. Or in in some instances, we even hear, well, you know, I'm just going to run this till I can and then I'm going to close it, right? But the reality is once we go through the proper assessment and planning, we show our clients and, and specifically founders and entrepreneurs how to harvest the wealth that they have in their companies. 
And when you think about the history of an organization and, and, and then the related founder or founders, they pursued that opportunity because they had a purpose and a passion. And that purpose and passion, you know, typically produced an income. And they've been hypersensitive and focused on the income from their companies that they've neglected, in most cases neglected, to understand the outcome of how to harvest the wealth trapped inside their company's enterprise value. Yeah, uh, that makes a lot of sense to me. And and what talk about exit planning in the context of mergers and acquisitions? How is it different from someone who's not going to be merging or acquiring other businesses? Yeah, so exit planning as related to M and A strategies is, is crucial because M and A strategies you know, of those descriptions of, of how to exit a business or who to exit the business with M and a strategies are typically an exit to a third party. Right. And so if with that mindset, if your business is going to be transferred to an outside party, you know, someone outside of the organization, it needs to be transferable. Right. And when you think about transferability, you think about, how easy or difficult will it be for a, a, an entrepreneur who is operating the day-to-day -day of a company to exit that business and still have that business um, be as, as fruitful and, and productive as it is and as it has been historically, right? So when you, when you sit or when specifically when we sit with entrepreneurs, we focus in initially on that transferability and we do it by way of an assessment and we score their company and that scores on, on a scoring system from one to a hundred. We want them to score 80 or greater. Typically, you know, clients coming in and the initial assessment will score between 40 to 60 or somewhere in between. And what we're looking at is eight key components of their business both internal and external. And one of the simple questions we could ask is to, to an entrepreneur is what would your business look like if you were to leave for the next 90 days and you get a mixed bag of responses, right? And, and keep in mind, I, I need to put some, some borders and boundaries on that question because I'm not, I'm not describing uh, you have, you know, 10 days to prepare for 30 days, I'm sorry, or 90 days to leave, right? We're saying, yeah. if you were to pick up right now, walk out of your building or out of your office or wherever you, wherever you operate and not return without any communication for 90 days, what would your business look like? Would it, would it suffer? Would it continue, you know, or would it, would it be in a situation where you come back and there's no business left, right? And and there again, I mean, there's so many answers and, and yeah. so many, you know, hypothetical scenarios and actual scenarios, but that's one of the biggest qualifying questions we could ask. And then of course you need to unpack more with that question, but the exit strategy plan enables 
stakeholders in a company to design their company. We call it made to exit, right? And so if you're thinking about an exit of your company, you need to be concerned with the transferability of that business and the continuity of the revenues and the profitability that that company has historically produced. Now, depending on whether you're in product or service or a combination thereof, you might find that you know some businesses would just operate just fine. We have clients that you know uh, uh, own companies that you know. Uh, uh, there was a joke uh, uh, a recent client shared with me, and he said, "Every time I go to my office, people ask who's that guy." <laughs> and um, and and I love that because that tells me he likely has processes and systems and leadership that are operating the day-to-day without his input or influence. Um, well, of course, he's going to have his influence on on those systems that he developed, but not being present on the day-to-day is a, is, is a very clear sign that their business is transferable. Uh, on the contrary, right, we've had case studies where, um, you know, a, a, a gentleman in his 40s was a motorcycle uh, was into motorcycles and on the weekend he would he would ride his bike he's ride his motorcycle and so he left on a friday his company and he never came back on monday and he didn't come back because he was involved in a terrible accident Ugh. which left him as a human vegetable Ugh. and you know it, it gives me chills to say the story because i was involved in advising that company and our firm did our very best to guide and lead that gentleman's grandmother through this process and we succeeded you know the company was sold to a strategic buyer he was in the uh, oil and lubricants uh, industry uh, focused on commercial and um I'll tell you, as I described earlier in this in this conversation, we're all going to leave. We're all going to exit. We just don't know when and how. And this is why it's crucial. In this this case study I'm sharing with you, resonates with everyone that I share that story with, because we don't know when. But right. what we do know is that if we are able to operate at a capacity today to mindfully and thoughtfully craft a strategy that produces a business that could be sold to a third party internally, whatever the strategy may, may lead us, right? That is the point here. And I could go into more details on how the more transferable the business is, the higher the valuation and the better the terms are, but I would love to pause and see if you had any additional questions. Yeah, I actually do. I'm curious about what you see as some of the like common challenges that business owners face when they're planning their exit. Like, you know, not only what are they running into, but how do they mitigate that? How do they overcome those challenges? So there's two dimensions in which we work in. And one of those dimensions is, let's call it the logical 
and scientific standpoint, right? Math is math. Formulations and valuation methodologies are what they are. Market comparables and market data will be produced every day, and that will be utilized for determining the enterprise value of a company. The second dimension in which we work in is within that human dimension, right? So this is a very volatile dimension because we're dealing with the human emotion. And the most challenging component of a transaction or a sale uh, in whole or in part is always the emotional state and, and, and even mindset of the entrepreneur. You have to remember, Diane, this, these companies are their babies, right? You know, um, and, and you've probably heard stories like I have, how a lot of entrepreneurs, even myself in, in my early days have bootstrapped the business, right? Mm -hmm. And there was choices to be made on, you know, who gets paid first. And typically in those situations, I was paid last and that's, that's fine. And that's okay. Cause that was temporary, but the emotions that come along with those experience are, they, they will never leave us. Right. And so when you think about that and you think about an entrepreneur's journey, when they do bootstrap their companies, it's very difficult for them to let go. And so, although the logical dimension that I described is formulaic in nature, the emotional mindset requires logic to dilute the emotional storms that one may go through. And so this is why planning, although it's not necessarily, exit planning is not designed to e emotionally prepare a seller in, in those direct sense and terms, but the, the outcome of that process is it helps put structure around what an exit would look like, what the business would be valued at, how that valuation would be paid, and what does the continuity of those stakeholders' lifestyles look like? And you have to remember at that point in the process, I mean, we have involved their team. We're part of that team. You know, you, and, and just to lay out the team, we have CPAs, we have attorneys, we have wealth advisors that are all working shoulder to shoulder for the client's purpose of building an exit strategy plan and sustaining their lifestyle post-sale of their company. Okay. So, yeah. Wow. That, well, yeah, I, I had a feeling that it was going to be uh, the emotional aspect. Um, but, and you mentioned the, you know, members of the pit crew, so to speak, who mm -hmm. are all involved in helping create a strategy. Uh, talk to us about the financial planning part of that. Mm -hmm. Yes. So, Typically, a wealth advisor is going to look at a pie, a pie chart of the individuals or the stakeholders in the company of their personal net worth, right? So, you know, in that pie chart, you're going to see stocks and bonds and real estate and, and cash. And what you typically don't see is the value of the business. And when we do see it, it's always an estimate and typically a very low estimate of the business value. 
And so the approach is to work with wealth advisors to understand, you know, what wealth has been accumulated by the business and through the business and, and or other income sources. And then also helping them understand what the valuation of the business would be. What is the enterprise value of that company? And how do we ensure that we achieve the highest enterprise value if we were to run a process and sell that company? And in the sale of that company, typically the transactions do not include all cash payments. There, There's typically some sort of deal terms could be. So what you end up with is terms that make are made up by a combination of cash, seller notes, could be seller roll forward equity in the in the company, or it could be contingent payments, better known as earnouts. And so these are the four standard you know, payment terms when a company is acquired. But all that comes into play when you look at the the pie chart of the of the entrepreneur or the stakeholders of the company, because they are trying to determine especially if they're at, at a stage of retirement, how do they sustain their lifestyles at this current level or similar after selling the company? Mm. And when we're able to give better direction around the enterprise value of the business, a wealth advisor that then can go through their analysis and help the entrepreneur understand what proceeds they would have to reinvest for their future. And sometimes there again, you know, they continue to feed stocks and bonds and, and real estate investment and, and or other similar strategies. Um, but, you know, for some of those that are younger and not at retirement age, they like to carve out a portion of those proceeds to then reinvest in a future business venture. And so that's it's crucial for us to work alongside with the client's wealth advisor. And if they don't have one, you know, we can certainly work to align them um, with the right type of wealth advisor given their life circumstance. But that's where we start and that's how we help illustrate, you know, uh, we, we, what life looks like after the sale. And what about, <clears throat> excuse me, like um, legal and regulatory items or aspects of exit planning? Are there certain things that impact how someone goes about just, you know, deciding on what their strategy is? Absolutely. So what 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 you triggered in my mind there is is tax liability, right? Mm -hmm. um, we, we certainly have strategies and we could detail you know, a variety of strategies on how to maximize the business value. And, and typically that's just through improving that transferability score that I described earlier. Um, but the, the next question is, you know, how do you keep more of what you earned? Yeah. And, and so, you know, I, I could sell my company for, let, let, hypothetically, let's say $50 million. But am I going to go around and just, you know, boast about how I just sold my company for $50 million and ended up with, you know, 
55 to 60% of that, <laughs> you know, um, I, I think that we should be conditioned to think about the sale of the company and the net proceeds that one would receive, because ultimately that is what's going to sustain the lifestyle and the continuity of the lifestyle, you know, for that client and for that entrepreneur. So, you know, with that said, the legal and regulatory considerations are the laws are written. There are IRS rules that can be utilized to minimize the tax liability and maximize the net proceeds to the client or to the entrepreneur in the sale of their companies. Now that requires, of course, you know, a, a legal team member. Um, and sometimes those legal team members come in different flavors, right? You can have uh, a, a legal team member that is more focused on drafting and finalizing the definitive agreements uh, related to the sale of the company. But you could also have uh, expert uh, legal where they are focused on tax and tax planning. And so there are a variety. I mean, I, I, I'm still learning of new um, instruments that could be deployed and vehicles that could be deployed there again to minimize tax liability and, and maximize net proceeds. So it, mm. it's a very important subject and it needs to be well thought out. And, yeah. you know, for, for example, if, the, if, if an individual is charitable, I mean, there's a variety of vehicles that could be deployed and in, in, into their strategy that could allow them to be charitable, but it could also provide an opportunity to drastically minimize their tax liabilities. Mm. And even those that are not charitable, there are still vehicles that can be incorporated into their strategy that help them either transfer those assets beyond their life or you know, move those assets into other investments. It just really depends what the expectations are of that client. So it's a, a bit of a build your own adventure, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, but we do have the resources to bring the team together in order to achieve the intended destination based upon those expectations of the client. <clears throat> yeah, I think one of the things that I um, value about this conversation is helping people understand that it, it takes a team, that it isn't just going to be one person because there's different areas of knowledge and specialization and there is a lot that goes into it that has to be considered in order to make sure that uh, someone is creating a plan that's going to be successful. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. yeah. And and that, that team creates an environment where the, the ideas flow in a way that, you know, ultimately allows us to architect a deal structure and a plan that is right size for every client. Right. And, and I yeah, should even say, right. Diane, that there are situations where we're selling a company. I mean, there's one business that we had sold that had 30 stakeholders in the business and wow. each one of them had a different set of expectations and had a different horizon as related to their personal retirement plans. Wow. So, 
it, it's it's hmm. right size for the individual although the strategy is overarches you know with the business and those individuals considered right exactly uh excuse me brian do you have a, is there a, a key takeaway that you would want to share with the listeners before we um wrap up so my my, my encouraging words <laughs> if you would are do not be part of those those statistics where 75% of us as entrepreneurs do not have an exit strategy plan to exit to build that exit strategy plan does not mean you need to execute upon it immediately but it means that you need to prepare and you need to have options. I personally have never made good decisions when I have had limited options or if I've been in a situation where the, the, the question is answered by yes or no, yeah. right? I like options. I like option, you know, door number one, call it door number two and door number three. And we have what we call triggering events every 90 days in our exit strategy plan where we can ask the question openly amongst the client and advisors are we ready if the answer is no then the plan continues and, and that frequency does not have to be every 90 days it could be once a year just depends on you know what that horizon looks like mm -hmm. But my key takeaway is to spend the time to build an exit strategy and learn what options are available to you. And, and this is, Diane, one of the major reasons why, as an M&A advisor, we started our podcast, The Private Capital Mastery, because we wanted entrepreneurs to understand how to master those private capital markets how do they tap into that for growth scale to sale of their businesses so it all starts with the exit strategy even if they are looking at starting a business today you need to construct and architect that business so you have the end in mind yes begin with the end in mind absolutely yeah brian um so speaking of your podcast would you please let the listeners know how they can find you and how they can find your podcast absolutely so we launch our podcast on wherever you consume podcasts could be apple spotify um, we are on all major platforms this show is called private capital mastery we just launched it in october so we have about 18 episodes at the moment we launch them every tuesday morning and in those episodes we are bringing thought-provoking content and materials by way of uh, sometimes it's just me speaking but most of the time i have guests and those guests are the the team that i was describing to you right so it's going to yeah. be a combination of cpas and attorneys and wealth advisors and even insurance specialists that help mitigate risk right to the wealth that you're creating you want to protect that and so there again, at the at the end of this, you know, our intentions are to build a community of folks that are are constructing their business with that end in mind, and as we like to phrase it, you know, made to exit. That's really what we're provoking in these in, in entrepreneurs and founders with the program. 
And if anyone would like to reach out to us and our firm, you know, Meritage Partners, uh, you could find us at meritage-partners.com. Excellent. I will make sure that is in the show notes. And thank you so much for spending this time with us. And listeners, thank you. You are who we're doing this for. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, a production of Evergreen Podcasts. Discover more episodes of this podcast and explore others at evergreenpodcast.com. As always, continue to prosper and be curious. And if you're looking to get your sales strategy headed in the right direction, pick up a copy of Succeed Without Selling on Amazon or wherever books are sold. Until we meet again on another episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, goodbye and good day. My name is Cindy Burnett, and each week I interview at least two traditionally published authors on my podcast, Thoughts from a Page. We talk spoiler-free about their books, so you can listen whether you have read the book or not. And then we delve into things that you most likely won't hear about anywhere else. The importance of the cover design, why they included various aspects of the story, personal details about both the books and the author's lives, and so much more. You can find the podcast on every major platform and learn more about it on my website, thoughtsfromapage.com. Thanks so much for checking it out.